Welcome to the Speaking Light into Abortion podcast, where I talk about all the reasons it's possible for you to thrive after your abortion. I'm your host, Amanda Kingsley, and two years after my own abortion, I certified as a life coach so I could serve women after abortion in all the ways they've been deserving and lacking for centuries. Consider this your launchpad for finding strength and community in yourselves and in each other. All right, another podcast week, Um, a very special guest. All these amazing people are writing books about abortion, about what we can create from it, what we've experienced in it, memoir, self-healing, so much good stuff coming out. So when I saw Zipporah's book, I thought, oh, all right, another book to share on the podcast. It's called The Soul of Abortion, or I put a the in front of it. It's really just called Soul of Abortion. And it's a compassionate guide to emotion, discovery, healing, and peace. So I work with clients one-to-one and a little bit of group, but mostly one-to-one. And the there are two feelings that consistently come up over and over again. I just want to feel peace again, and I want to feel freedom again. So those two come up the most, and I just, you nailed it. So welcome to the show. I run my show by letting you introduce yourself in whatever way you feel is important for this audience, sharing your book, whatever mood you're in today. So I'm going to let you have at that and then we'll start chatting. That's a scary invitation. I'm like, I can go anywhere with that. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Right? Yeah. So let's see, where do I want to go? Well, my name is Zippor Kingsbury. I am a somatic intimacy and relationship educator, as well as a breathwork trainer. Mm. And I work with adults of all genders to help them feel safe and seen and confident with emotional and sexual intimacy. And part of that is acknowledging the grief cycles mm-hmm. and how important it is to acknowledge those grief cycles in order to feel safe with emotional and sexual intimacy. Mm-hmm. The work I do around the soul of abortion, which is what we're here to discuss today, was inspired, was something that came through through my own pregnancy, mm-hmm. as well as the choice to have an abortion. And I'm sure we'll dive further into that as we explore the book, but it brought great insight to me that I felt it was my responsibility Mm. to share with others in the world as a um, blueprint, as a manual to help others. Mm. Beautiful. Was that something that evolved over time or did you kind of know, like when I had my very unexpected abortion, unexpected in that it was an unplanned pregnancy, but then also just, I kind of thought if I found myself unintentionally pregnant that I would keep the baby. I was pro-choice, but I just didn't, it surprised me, but I kind of knew right away, like this is here for a reason. Did you know that this book was in you right away or did that evolve later? Wow, I get all teary. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, like in all honesty, it felt like a direct message to the pregnancy. It's mm-hmm. when, I, when I chose to have the abortion, I, I was two months pregnant 
and was like a mad woman. I had no clue what was going on. I, my body wasn't handling it well. And it was the last thing I went to go test <laughs> if I was pregnant. Um, and when I found out there was now a two week wait period between knowing yeah. and the procedure. And I was so privileged with the partner I had that was with me at the time because he looked at me and just held me. He's just like, let's be pregnant for two weeks. Wow. Ooh, that gives me chills. Yes, because mm-hmm. that that helped me to drop into my body rather than mm. disassociate. And for two weeks, I committed to ritual and ceremony and conversation and meditations and practices that were all based around the being, the pregnancy that was moving through me. Ooh. And so it almost felt like a contract. Mm-hmm. It was like, I chose to transition this now I had to turn it into a book with the energy. Like it was almost like a transition, a transference of energy. Mm. Wow. That's beautiful. I do have listeners who reach out to me and say, I'm deciding whether or not to have an abortion. And so what you just presented this or what he presented to you, let's be pregnant for two weeks. That is so beautiful and so healing and just to be in that space and not all wrapped up in the chaos and the resistance. And just, I I actually remember very much being like, just make it end. (laughs) Um, I too made a lot of like soul connections and intentions in that time that I knew I was pregnant but wouldn't stay pregnant. But I also was like, let it be over. And I just, I love that. Let's be pregnant for two weeks. That's beautiful. Because we do know two things happen with abortion. A, it's like either a really fast decision and transaction, or B, we have to wait and find a clinic we can access or find an appointment or, and both those things can be really challenging. So thank you for sharing that piece of your story. Love that. Um. And was it a process? What was the process of putting all this into a book? Like, did you know it would be a book or was it like something you needed to talk about or like, what did that all look like? Um, Well, this is actually my third book. Um, So writing comes easily to me. Yeah. Um, I knew, like, there was no question. Like, (laughs) I knew it was book. The title of the book came to me while Mm -hmm. I was still pregnant. Yeah. I mean, I didn't, I'm terrible at creating titles. I'll own that. And I'm just like, right. This title just came through me. I'm like, okay, got to use it. Here we go. Um, And then what, then did you just start taking notes or did you just like start writing? What was the process for you? Yeah, I started writing. Um, I'm a very, I'm, I'm a very creative writer. And so what that means is I have to bring someone in who can organize my content yeah. and I'm grateful that I have someone who does that. He, he used to be an aerospace engineer. And so he has that mindset. So he's just like, just right. So he's just like, just write, just write. And so that helps me because then I can just allow the streams of consciousness to come through me. So that's what I did. I just wrote, but I will say this book has been in, in process, like incubation for seven years. Mm. Um, but it, before it was even finished and fully written, I signed with a publisher. 
Um, so it was all signs like years ago, yeah. but there was something internally that mm. it just needed more spaciousness because in the process of that, I then wrote another book and published a different book. Mm. And I'm just like, you know, I don't know. I just, like, it just needs space. Mm. Yeah. And did the book need space or did you need space before it went out into the world? I think both. I think definitely. Um, so I'll back up a little bit. So it was, I believe it was a year ago that I went through the whole manuscript. Like it was, I got the manuscript and I dug it apart. Yeah. And so it was fascinating to see who I was a year ago compared to seven years ago, because my writing was different. The information that came through was different. So I think, yeah, I think the writing, I and the writing needed more space Mm -hmm. because there was important and more information that was important to come through for the book Mm. that I wouldn't have had seven years ago. And is it just an intuitive knowing or what's that point where you're like, okay, it's ready for the world? For me, it's a feeling in my body. That's it's, it's there's no logic. You know, we were gonna we were supposed to launch, we were due to launch last year, this time, and then COVID hit. Okay. And when COVID hit, everyone around me says, do not launch this book in the midst wow. of the beginning of this pandemic. People will not like this is a big topic. Don't launch it right now. People <laughs> are dealing with COVID. And, and so I was very disappointed because we were all ready to go. Mm. Um, so I believe that that was just the universe, really. Like it was just, okay, not time yet. Give it space. Mm-hmm. I was frustrated at first. And, and I think this was just perfect timing because in my body, I'm more relaxed about it. Okay. But nothing changed in the actual content over the last year. It's just the release date. Correct. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Okay. Well, I'm sure lots of listeners are going to go buy this book, but let's talk about some of the content that you knew had to be in it and why. Well, first I want to say the book has three intentions. Okay. Right. And so obviously the book is for women. Mm -hmm. Um, When they discover their unplanned pregnancy, right. They might not have even decided to have an abortion yet. Um, they might read the book and decide to have the pregnant, to have the child, to have the pregnancy. So this is pre and also post abortion for women, how to stay in their body, rather disassociate and have really simple steps and practices that they mm-hmm. can instantly implement. Mm-hmm. The second intention is for couples. And, you know, I've speak to men as well, and we don't necessarily address what happens with men who are in a partnership of an unplanned pregnancy. We're like, why would we do that? Well, I do. And I think it's important because where do couples go when they want two different things? And so this is a tool for that. The third component is for community and social structures, because Hmm. this is a rites of passage, because as you know, like the women, women's body are never going to be energetically, physically, psychologically, emotionally the same after an abortion. And so I find people don't know how to have these conversations. How do you bring a woman back into circle, into community post-abortion? Yeah. It's needed. And so I, I want to support mm-hmm. people in, in having tools to talk about it, to hold those circles, to, to acknowledge the women 
you know, one of the pieces in the book was researching about the mother gene that we have it even after if we don't take full term of pregnancy. I had the abortion and afterwards I felt like a mom. Yeah. And I had no one to explain that to. I was like, how do I tell this Mm -hmm. to the world after I've just had an abortion? When that is physiologically what my body, my body was saying, I just had, I had a child. I, you know, my body was like, oh my God, you're a mother. And so the emotions and the grief that come up with that. And so I talk about that in the book because I think that's, Mm -hmm. that's areas not discussed much and maybe unknown. It was unknown to me. Yeah. We, um, I recorded a podcast with, um, Laura Grace Sheldon and she talks about how the, the cells of the baby actually release into the body. Yeah. Yeah. And so I love this concept of the mother gene. Um, I feel as much a mother to my abortion baby as I do to my other three children. Um, how is that received in the people who are, who are reading that? Well, the book just launched, <laughs> so yeah. I, I'm, I'm not sure yet. We will find out. <laughs> but you must have talked to people about it before it went into the book. Well, maybe not. Maybe not. I, I have, and, and you know, the biggest response, like I was on an interview, I was on Sacred Sundays with Love Coach Academy last Sunday. Yeah. And the response I got when I spoke into that was just like this, oh my God, I, I like I didn't know that was a thing. Like, yeah people don't know. And I think it's an important thing to know because mm-hmm. that can also help us be with the grief more. Cause yeah. I think there's just so yeah. many emotions that come up that are un- that people just, why? Like I chose this. Why am I feeling so much? Totally. Totally. Oh, so good. What do you think about like, not everyone feels that right. Like, if this is a thing that you and I believe exists, but not everyone feels it, what's that about? Yeah, great question. <laughs> so I was having a conversation one day with a woman. I was at a meditation retreat and we were talking about abortion in the book. She's like, I had an abortion. I Nothing happened to me. I'm fine. Like, it was just like that, right? So it was just like, no big deal. Yes, 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 yes. (laughs) That, I knew it. And so I sat with that and I, you know, I heard her and I was with her in her conversation. And my belief Mm -hmm. is that absolutely, we're all going to have different felt sense experience with abortion. You know, we're all have different levels of sensitivity. We have different body awarenesses. It's not going to be the same for everybody. And I do believe that when we are impregnated, like we're being given information through that pregnancy. Like that's information. I hear you say that. I am, I just get a like spiritual, like spiritual, um, almost like, like, a also generational, right? Like just Mm -hmm. passed down and down and down. But what do you mean when you say that? Like, yeah, it's what I mean, but I'm going to, I'm going to simplify it, but that is what I mean. Okay. And also, so I also teach that, you know, every experience we have in life is giving us information, whether that's a stranger, we just passed by and had a conversation. Um, So to always 
keep our eyes open and our hearts open and be aware and present. And so that's also part of it. It's like, okay, I'm pregnant. So you do, we have the spiritual, we have the ancestral, but then we also have just like the physiological, there's information moving. There's a being in my body. Yeah. What is it telling me, right? Babies communicate through the womb, no matter how long they're in the womb. There's information on every level, I believe, coming through us. And so we'll either be sensitive to it or believe it or not, or just not aware. But I'm just like, let's work our presence like muscle to build awareness. Because mm-hmm. to me, that's a gift. Yeah. Yeah, I've been just really sinking into this thought that the world is always giving me information to be curious about the human brain, the outside world, the spiritual connection, but like just all of it is information to be curious about. Yeah. Yeah. And so a lot of clients come to me wanting to get rid of the regret, get rid of the shame, get rid of the guilt, get rid of the sadness. And it's just this slowing down of like, why are we getting rid of this amazing opportunity to learn, right? To be. Um, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Emotions are, right? We're, we're conditioned that they're wrong. We've developed so much fear of the intensity of them. Yeah. And I'm such a geek because when I feel the discomfort, I just want, I'm like, leave me alone. Let me sit in it. Mm because I, because of what you just said, and it's not comfortable. It's not easy, but what I've learned and what clients come to me for is to how to sit, how to go through it. Because we have found that that is the only way to the other side. You have to, I call them aspects, right? Aspects living inside of us. Mm. And we can either slam the door on that aspect of grief or sadness. Mm. It's Mm. not going to go away. And if you say, I want to get rid of it, you're judging it. And it's just going to resist you and fight you. It's like resisting a child or fighting somebody, but how can you have tea with it? That's what I said. Can you sit on the couch and just have tea with it? Because it feels unsafe. Yeah. It needs your presence. It needs your love. And that's the only way to get to the other side, to build an allyship with those Mm -hmm. emotions rather than get rid of it. So they're no longer controlling you. Mm. I've definitely never heard this word aspects used in this way. That's interesting to me. Um, love the allyship, love the, uh, like I was, I was on with a client today talking about like creating a relationship with that feeling in your body, mm-hmm. right? So I think this is like, I think it's all the same thing. We're just using different words to talk about it. Um, but how do you, okay, so for a listener right now who's probably going to go buy your book but wants to know more in this moment like yeah. how do you talk to like like um keep wanting to say the word's not coming to me like what is the action we take mm-hmm. to be in touch yeah. with our feelings yeah and to work through them and process them like what is yeah. that what does that those steps look like for you mm-hmm. in your so some of the simple steps that I take clients through is just getting them still. So it could look mm-hmm. like if someone's at home to sit someplace quiet where you feel safe, 
yeah. right? Um, where you're mm-hmm. not going to be interrupted. Mm-hmm. Um, start to direct your breath by using your attention into your lower belly mm-hmm. because we stop breathing in the belly so we don't feel. So we have to actually start breathing in the belly again. Yeah. And so by that, you're already tuning into your nervous system. Mm-hmm. And then after your breath is in your belly, you can have your hand on your belly to help support that. Mm-hmm. Start to simply use your attention just start to almost, I call it a body scan. Start mm-hmm. to just mm-hmm. pay attention, draw your attention to different parts of your body and stay there while you breathe. And you might notice, you might start by noticing just sensation, temperature change. Mm-hmm. It's not that complicated, like hot, cold, <laughs> yep. pulsing, tingle. Um, it's, it's just a way of somatically working with bioenergetics. And so just get in there. And then if you find, say, for example, if the chest was really constricted, you're like, oh, I'm noticing my chest is tight. I would then guide them to, okay, does it have a color? Does it have a shape? Is it, is it gripping? And yeah. just to identify that. And then to take their hand, if I'm not with them, so they would take their hand and meet the pressure mm-hmm. of that. So they're mm-hmm. almost holding it. Mm-hmm. And while they're holding it, now I ask them to stay, keep their attention there, but they can either out loud or silently start to have a dialogue with it. Mm-hmm. What are you needing? What am I not what? hearing? Apologize to it. You know, just start to like you would a new friend or an old friend that you haven't seen in a while. Just start to get cu- curious with it. Yeah. Yeah. And do you find when you do that work, it sometimes releases for good? And then sometimes just releasing little bits of it or releasing, and then it comes back in a different way. But um, do you find that like personally, you can let go of it? I do. I find it's really nervous system based. So for me personally, like if I'm doing it myself, I remember one day I was feeling, it was at the beginning of COVID. I was feeling really agitated and really stressed. I was trying to take care of everybody. And I chose to go lie in the garden I lied myself on the earth. I was so tense. Like it didn't feel comfortable. And all I did is I did this process. And what I saw was like, it was almost like shells were being taken off my body. Mm. And I was just coming back into my center. Mm. So yeah, I find it, it does instantly shift things and it shifts patterns. Um, I use breath therapy which I find permanently integrates those old patterns that are stored in the cellular level. I have always been so resistant to breath work. It's like the crazy, it's probably very much what I need. (laughs) But I do a lot, like almost all the same thing you just described with my clients, minus the breath, (laughs) attention Mm. to breath. And I love how you said that, like bringing your breath into your belly and activating your nervous system. So that was super helpful for me just to remember that obviously for myself, but also just physiologically, like how important breath is. Um, And I'm definitely guilty of the like holding in my stomach habit and like the not breathing deeply into my belly. Yeah. And that's in, in breath therapy, um, when we're analyzing, you know, when I'm analyzing someone's breath is that is the, the number one breath pattern that happens when we don't want to feel. Yeah. 
we actually pull everything (laughs) up and out of our belly um, and go into a survival mode. And what people have now created is a conditioned breath pattern. We all have them. Um, Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That's huge. I feel like a lot of my, my work here in this human body is feelings work. And so it makes totally sense. It makes total sense that that resistance to breath is like just me resisting that feelings work. So, so good. All right. I don't remember how we landed there. You said there's three (laughs) intentions or three purposes of the book, or I forget what word you use. There are three intentions. We have women, um, we have couples and then community. Yeah. Yeah. And then somehow we got here. Um, (laughs) Tell tell us what else you felt like was a must have piece of this project. Yeah. Oh, the first thing that came to mind was how to return back to your sex and sexuality post-abortion. Yeah. Yeah. That was a huge piece. Um, we, I bring in specific, specific, simple rituals and practices that you can do solo or with your partner. Um, mm-hmm. and again, I was privileged that I had a partner who took me through the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And, and I remember afterwards going through our post-abortion, um, our first intercourse experience. And it was, it wasn't like, do not rush the process. Um, there wasn't a, there was a lot of um, G-spot work and massage work and energy work and affirming, you know, he was so present. There was emoting. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't about having sex to, to orgasm or to please one another. It was literally about honoring mm-hmm. the change around my sexuality in the body. And mm-hmm. I think that's overlooked. Mm. Well, it's interesting you like this is bringing me back to the mother gene almost because I think this happens in when we give birth to I don't know if you have children living children but um there's so much work around sexuality after we become mothers too and so you know we have that activated mother gene and it's the same work (laughs) same it's the same stuff um a lot of the the I'm thinking back to my like sexual experience after abortion and it was a lot of it was very similar to after giving birth like full-term birth but heightened like my fear was so much greater my trust in my body was so much less like oh yeah like bringing up the feelings it was it was so much more intense even than the than post-birth um it really like just stirred it all up and like this um again I also had a partner who didn't have the sounds very different than yours but supportive and loving and holding the space for me Mm -hmm. and um, a lot of our listeners don't have that, right? They don't yeah. have that. And so I love that you came back to um, this piece about doing that work yourself too. Yeah. Yeah. And probably important to do both anyway, actually. You know, it, it is because if you're, I find it brings the couple closer together. Yeah. And, but I honestly, I would so recommend if you're in a relationship where, yeah, they are supportive, but they just don't have these skills. Don't yeah. do it alone. Have, bring in a professional, you know, people bring mm-hmm. me in for this. Oh, um, interesting. It, it, and it's, it's 
they're doing it, but you have someone who's, um, you know, their expertise is facilitating this and they're there holding the space as like the mediator as, or the doula, like this sacred space, but they're also guiding you what to do. Mm, Yeah. Interesting. That's amazing. Um, do you work with clients in smaller or single sessions or do you, do you have programs? What is Well, this year I'm launching the first, um, six week program, um, for the soul of abortion. Um, for individuals. And then I work with couples um, one-on-one. Nice. Yeah. Oh, all right. So that came from what else had to go in the book. Anything Mm -hmm. else you want to say about that? Um, Or does that feel like Mm -hmm. you've shared the nuggets? Just just to really just take that sincerely, like your body has just been through a lot and you know, you've said this, I've said this, it's, there's so much unknown, excuse me, going on and all those stored up, the trauma, the emotions, the grief, it's stored in there internally. So just, you know, pay, pay attention to that, be aware of that and honor your body in that process and the emotions that want to come through. Yeah. And I think we get tripped up as human beings because we're so good at, pushing it away and moving on or like boxing it up or moving on or telling ourselves we can just power through. And then we, and then we start to like train ourselves to believe that that's leaving it in the past, (laughs) but it's not like, (laughs) yes, I chuckle because yeah, anything you're not processing is, does not get left behind. And that's the thing, like, you know, as you know, with your work, if we're not building a healthy relationship with these parts of ourselves, if we're not working with them, it's just going to affect all our relationships, whether that's with our own body or our choices in the future. Um, And it will not go away. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, Anything else you feel like you want to share or maybe there's something that you don't usually share when you're talking about the book that you know maybe there's something you wish you put in it that didn't make it into this copy I feel the book is complete oh I know what I wish there was more of I'll, I'll, that just came to mind after like I it's complete yeah um I have the, I have the book in front of me so one of the gifts inside this book are other women's stories yeah And I just want to bring up the importance of sharing your story. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I, when I talked to the women who shared their stories, there was just so much healing in having their voice be heard, knowing that other people were going to read it. And it's so powerful, especially if you felt silent and it doesn't mean that you're complaining or it doesn't even mean you're still stuck in the emotions, but just to share that part of your life journey where usually there's not a space to talk about it. Um, I know coming up late April, we're going to be having a three week um, compassion circle kind of book club. Mm -hmm. And in that we'll go into the book, but it's also the big thing is about coming on and sharing your story Mm -hmm. to be heard. So if there's something I would have wanted more of is actually I, and I'm still taking them by the way, more stories Yeah. yeah. because my publishers, like you keep gathering and we will publish a second right. edition. Just add it in. More stories. It's a space for your voice to be heard. Yeah. 
Yeah. You can learn so much about yourself every time you tell your story a new way. And there's not, there's, you can keep changing your story. You can change the way you tell your story to yourself, to other people, and you don't know how to change it and evolve it unless you tell it. And then you realize that didn't feel so good in my body. How can I use those words differently in a way that feels more aligned or more true or more healing? Yes. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. It's an interesting, um, it's an interesting space post-abortion where what we want so badly we're terrified of which is to be in community with other women who've had the same experience and so there are so many people who um who want that they crave that and they're afraid to get in a group with other women and so it's just i don't think there's a lot there's a particular shame around abortion and stigma where that just feels so present and so different than other things um, where we feel so alone and disconnected and what we want most we're terrified of. Yeah. 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 It's interesting because yeah, we're terrified of it. And also I think also the fear is, can other people handle it? Yes. You know, yes. I know for me, I was good with talking about it to yes. the world. That's me. I'm just a teacher. And so it was like my natural Absolutely. way. But what my challenge was at the time was who, who can talk to me about it? Yeah. Yeah. And I think what it's, what's important to remember is that the thing we're always fearing is a feeling, right? How will I feel when someone else has a reaction to my story? And so if we can remember that that's the real fear is the feeling that we're going to experience, um, we can be with that feeling with less fear so that when it comes up after sharing your story, it's not like that panic attack where like my chest is heavy, I can't feel my feet. (laughs) It's like, okay, this is the feeling of shame. It's just a feeling in my body and I can be here in this space. Yeah. Yeah. And, Other people's and, judgments is, um, yeah. Do you talk about that in the book? I do, you know, talking about the feelings and are people prepared to have this conversation? Cause sometimes it's not even a fear of someone else's judgment, but just, can they actually talk to me? And, and so I know that was my experience. And so I want to just speak into that. Know that you can tell the other person what you're wanting in that. Oh, so good. Yes. Because we're not, we're not taught to do that. Yes. What, what if, what if you went to the conversation and said, look, you know, I have something really vulnerable to share. I want to talk about my abortion. I don't need you to fix me. I don't want you to give me advice. But I would like you to just just listen to me. Can you yes. just listen to me? So it's so because right, we can't control what other people are capable of doing. How can I be empowered to direct them compassionately of what I need in that conversation? 
Do you find that some people say, I just want you to listen, but that's a lie they're telling themselves. They really do want someone to validate their story or validate their decision or say I've been there too. Or so how do you, I guess what I'm asking is like, as the person who's sharing, setting that tone of like, here's what I'm looking for. How do you know that that's really what you're looking for? And you're yeah. not going to be disappointed when they only listen. <laughs> yeah. Do the work. <laughs> so, so, so it's going to be important is, you know, like through your work and my work is that you're developing an awareness to know what you need and what you want. And so if, if I'm in that dialogue or if someone's in that dialogue and they go into it and they're just like, you know, I want to talk about my abortion. Can you just not fix me? I just want you to listen. Like that's how it starts. Yeah. And then as the conversation goes on, the one speaking about the abortion, like pay attention to what your body's doing like what's happening in your body. And then do you feel like unfulfilled at the end of that conversation? And if you do like say that, like, don't pretend, don't even pretend you know what you want. Just say, wow, I'm noticing. I wanted you to listen and I'm feeling a bit unfulfilled. (laughs) Like you don't even have to know what you want, but open up the dialogue because then what starts to happen is you might gain the awareness, oh, oh, this is what I need. Or then you're then you're giving power to the other person to ask you, well, do you want me to um, offer you compassion? Do you want, like they can start asking questions. So mm-hmm. I love question asking, whether it's to the self, to the other, and just be mm-hmm. real. You yeah. don't have to know the answer. Yeah. I keep hearing the words like intimate communication, just because it's like, I mean, it's the same, like you could have been talking about sex when you were just talking about it, right? Like I thought that's what I wanted, but it's not actually what I want. Let me just take a breath and regroup and figure out what I do want. And then I'll tell you what I've learned. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yeah. So good. All right. Well, I'm sure we could talk forever. Um, but is there anything, any last, um, bits of anything? that you want to share or that you feel like someone listening needs to hear um, before they hop off today? Well, I want to share overall to, to anyone, whether they're the ones pregnant, having the abortion or others, you know, loved ones who are supporting is we will never know why completely someone has an abortion. It can be choice. It could be mm-hmm. um, financial means. It could be um, you know, they're in the midst of supporting an elder parent that they can't bring in another child. They can have three children and can't financially support. They might've been raped or abused. Like, so I think if we can step back and realize no one chooses to have the abortion for the same reason mm-hmm. and that to just bring in more compassion and, and want to know, okay, so why? We just mm-hmm. don't know. Yeah. As you were saying that, I was thinking like, you know, there's some of us who never know why we had an abortion, mm-hmm. right? And the journey is of discovering that and understanding that. And it's okay if you make the choice and you look back, you're like, I'm not really sure. But now I'm going to choose to keep being curious mm-hmm. and learn. And so it's okay if other people don't completely understand. It's also okay if I don't completely understand doesn't make me less complete or less whole. Mm. 
So good. Beautiful. Thank you so much. So how can people find you quickly without digging through my show notes? You're great. So I'm going to give you two things. My website is ZipporahIntimacy.com. Yeah, that's going to be the easiest way to find me. They can also come over to our community page, which mm-hmm. is Intimacy Hub on Facebook. Okay. It's a lovely private community where we do live weekly trainings and conversations. The entire book launch day and videos and conversations are all, all held in that hub. Nice. Um, to get a hold of the book, I am going to send you a special link for people to check out and pick up their copy of Soul of Abortion. Thank you so much. All right. Um, I'm excited that you exist in the world and that we've made this connection. And um, I think it was through Cassie Underwood, whose episode I will also link to. Yes. Um, It's such a beautiful thing that more and more people are are speaking into this Mm -hmm. this world, into this space, into this taboo, stigmatized topic. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Thank you for having me on for the conversation, for listening in, for finding me through Cassie Underwood. She's a gem. Thanks for listening, and as always, please consider sharing, rating, and reviewing this podcast. It helps me reach a wider audience and invites more people to thrive after abortion. If you're someone who chose abortion and find yourself struggling, hiding, or wishing you could move beyond your experience, head over to my website and book a free call. We'll talk about how you can start living the life you made your choice for.